The Trump Tide, how Republicans carried the day in Indiana and in Washington. The next Hoosier vice president, a new senator, a new governor, and the new title for Tennessee Trey. That plus winners and losers and more on Indiana Week in Review for the week ending November 11, 2016. Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com. This week, Donald Trump carried Indiana with a 19-point victory that fueled a Republican sweep of statewide races. And it means that Mike Pence is now vice president-elect of the United States. America has elected a new president, and it's almost hard for me to express the honor that I and my family feel that we will have the privilege to serve as your Vice President of the United States of America. I'm deeply grateful to the American people for placing their confidence in this team and giving us this opportunity to serve. Will Mike Pence play a large role in the Trump administration? It's the first question for our Indiana Week in Review panel. Democrat Ann Delaney, Republican Mike McDaniel, John Schwannis, the host of Indiana Lawmakers, and John Ketzenberger, president of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. I'm Wish TV State House reporter Jim Shella. Ann Delaney is Mike Pence, the new Dick Cheney. Now, how do you mean that? Are you saying he's, a, he's, that he's a, the brains behind the throne? Or are you saying he's the manipulative SOB? Which well, are we talking about he's here? a vice president with large influence. Well, I, you would hope that somebody that knows something about Washington has some influence in that group. I mean, obviously, uh, Donald Trump has no has no background, no qualifications. So you hope he's going to surround himself with people that know something. Not, not the group that he's got around him through the campaign, but somebody who knows something would be a useful tool, it would seem. Okay, and so now we hear that uh, Donald Trump has named Mike Pence chairman of the transition team, uh, a role that was reserved for Chris Christie. He's been demoted to vice chair. What's that mean? <laughs> well, I think he's going to be it's indicted. Symbol- <laughs> I think it's symbolic of the role Mike played in the entire campaign uh, from the time that he was put on the ticket when people... We're interested in having somebody on a ticket that would bring some Republicans back home, and he did that. And then they saw him as a stabilizing force during a campaign that clearly had its moments, and they saw him as somebody who really could they could count on to be kind of a voice of reason in that team. And then also, I think the way he campaigned throughout this campaign uh, and how he was well-received around the country, I think all of those things earned him the respect of Donald Trump going forward. I think he'll play a major role, not only in the transition, but I think he'll play a major role in this administration throughout. Okay, so small practical item at the moment, because before we got the transition announcement, Mike Pence made it clear that he intends to serve out his term as governor. If he's the chairman of the transition team, he's not going to be spending a lot of time in Indianapolis, do you think? 
One would think that uh, either he's found the cloning machine or, uh, or he's going to have to delegate a lot uh, in terms of his, his service in uh, Indianapolis. But I, I agree that this, this announcement that we just received uh, about replacing Chris Christie is significant. And it's now you could sort of dismiss it maybe as saying, oh, there was a lot of controversy surrounding Chris Christie and with the bridge uh, debacle and so forth. But this goes beyond that. And I think this is an indication, as suggested, that, that it's a recognition that with, what, 4,000 presidential appointments to make and any yeah. number of agencies, you can have all the experience as a CEO in the private sector, but it doesn't necessarily translate in the public arena. So I think this is a recognition that Mike Pence knows his way around Washington, knows how the agencies work, and will be tapped for the expertise he offers. Well, you just talked about 4,000 appointments. I mean, if, if you're a Hoosier Republican looking to work in Washington, <laughs> D.C. Uh, that's, that's music to your ears. Oh, my goodness. I think um, that, that all of that is true, and I think that it is a huge job. I mean, the transition director is a critical job, and so to be chair of that is, is a very big nod to uh, Mike Pence. Don't also discount his influence in the, in the Congress because of his service in Congress, his uh, experience with the legislative branch, with the leaders in both uh, branches of Congress. So I think to your original question, Jim, he's got the potential to be hugely influential uh, in this process. It's all about how he, how he handles himself, and he had some rough experience while he was governor. Well, he's sure come well, a long ways in 2016. He certainly has, but the thing he's going to have to learn pretty quickly is that he can't try to run the transition team and be vice president the way he's tried to be governor. This isn't a nine-to-five job, which is the way he treated the governor's office. He's going to be in there, like Donald Trump is going to be in there, 20 hours a day on many days. And the question I would have on that is whether, whether Donald Trump has the stamina for that. I'm not, I'm not making a play on words. I think that's a pretty legitimate question. He'll be 74 years old before he finishes this term. And you can see what it's done to a healthy uh, uh, Barack Obama, and obviously Trump is not healthy. Um, do you expect that Mike Pence will take a lot of Hoosiers with him? Oh, I think so. I think there are going to be Hoosiers in the cabinet. I think there are going to be Hoosiers in major positions uh, elsewhere in, in the national government. Uh, I think that's all because of his influence in this administration. And uh, I think that's a good thing for Indiana and, and hopefully for our country before it's over. And uh, look, as far as stamina is concerned, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, they both showed the kind of stamina you have to have to run this campaign. And they were out there 20 hours a day. I mean, the kind of schedule they kept and as hard as they worked, I mean, that's not even a question. As far, Especially as far as Trump's concerned, it's 70 I think he's probably in better shape than most 70-year-olds you know. Uh, I don't think so. Well, you, I'm, sure you, don't. I'm well, sure you don't. I'm sure you don't, Ann, but he's, he's obese. That's not a good thing at 70. You need to get over it and move on. I moved on, Mike. John, quickly. Your question quickly. about Hoosiers is yeah. a given. But look at what Dan Quayle did. He took a number of uh, people <laughs> from the Hoosier State to Washington, too, yeah. under different circumstances. He was with somebody who knew Washington, had served in numerous capacities, had a resume right. that was very long. Uh, so, arguably, as many as we had with Dan Quayle, we might see even more with Mike Pence. Moving on, Evan Bayh is a Democratic icon in Indiana, and he suffered his first electoral defeat this week. It means Republican Todd Young will fill the Senate seat, soon to be vacated by Republican Dan Coats. Bayh entered the race as a heavy favorite, but Young benefited from more than $20 million in outside money. You see, I learned in the Marines to put people before politics. 
And tonight you prove that Indiana Senate seat belongs to the people of Indiana. This is your seat. This is your seat. Mike McDaniel, is that really what this election proved? You know, I think he's absolutely right about that. I think they framed the Evan Bayh image to be about Washington insidership and how he gamed the system. But when you say and they, caught, when you say he they, he got caught doing it. Okay, but when and you say they, you're talking about Mitch McConnell. And, I'm talking and about everybody. Yeah, that was all right. the Washington insiders. Everybody that was yeah. involved, all right? Including, including Evan Bayh, because he couldn't get out of his own way. The stuff that they talked about in this campaign was stuff that he did and it was most of which was uncovered by media operations and then used in the campaign against him. Well, well, yeah. But he the, couldn't the, get the out big, of his own the, way. The big unanswered question about, about this race is all those stories apparently came from a disaffected insider, somebody who'd been on his staff. Former bystaffer. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Which I'll tell you something yeah. about to the way he must have been around but those You know, folks. the interesting thing about this is this isn't a, it wasn't about Evan Bayh and Todd Young, okay? Because th- this was about the Trump landslide. There's no question about that. <laughs> Come on, Ed. If, if you take what the traditional role has been, we can survive. Anyway. I'll finish, Mike. Well, we can survive a 250,000 vote plurality by the Republican yeah. at the top of the ticket. In this particular <laughs> case, Trump carried by 519,000. The difference between that, if you add that difference from 250 yeah. on both Evan Bayh and John Gregg, and by the way, Glenda Ritz win. But, he was but Evan Bayh trailed. He trailed he John Gregg. Would you stop it? Evan Bayh did not perform as well as John Gregg. <laughs> That's right. I mean, he had twenty million dollars uh, with with lies right. attached to it, oh, going after him by the banks and the Wall Street people <laughs> who were backing Todd Young because yeah. he votes with them ninety five percent of the time. Um, the hypocrisy is over. You really had a bad day. <laughs> well, Indiana Democrats did have a bad oh, day, yeah, and, and no part question. of the part so of the country. Well, yeah, and I talked about Evan by being a Democratic icon. The Democrats have to build a bench. The Democrats have to build more than a bench. They have to rebuild their organization, and that's got to be from the from the uh, bottom up. Um, look, the, the, they had a really good campaign. They did get swamped. I think the Trump uh, effect no uh, just swamped their efforts. three times in history, and, and, 84 and last Tuesday. And it was a bad year to be Evan Bayh because all of the things that were overlooked six years ago when Dan Coats ran for the seat right. were uh, out of favor this time and used very heavily against him. So the Democrats really have to go back and start from the beginning, and they need to recruit younger people, they need to recruit more attractive candidates, and they need to find a new base because they cannot rely on their traditional bases. Uh, they have to find a way to unify a different base that can come along and, and um, support their ideas. All right, is this the end of Evan Bayh's political career? In terms of his seeking elective office, I would imagine so. Uh, to put it bluntly, well, he doesn't need to bother. I mean, it, uh, he's, he's comfortable, he has uh, done well, which, which is actually probably one of the reasons uh, that he, he suffered at the ballot box. Coats. But the fact is, that was out of favor this time, as John suggested. Perhaps to a degree it wasn't before. So to answer your question, no. But I'm sure he will still remain in the arena in some you know, fashion. When you see around the country all the demonstrations that are going on, and I frankly don't think they should be going on, okay? No. But no, there are all question, these young how people. Many, how many of those people made phone calls well, and knocked on and, doors? And that's my question. It's for the young people. It's not about my future or our future, for that matter. It's about the college-age kids who right. are going to be hurt by this election that need to get out and, and vote and work from yeah, here on out. Everybody. The problem was he came off as a Washington insider at a time when the national 
attitude about Washington Insiders was completely down. Which is and that, what the Trump Times really, all about. Todd Young ran a great campaign. They were up by six points before election Washington day. Todd Young, Washington Insider, ran a great well, campaign. Well, let me tell you, he ran and won. Yeah. Okay. You right. call him, you won, call him Senator Young. It was Donald <laughs> to Trump the governor's not, race. Not to the governor's race. Eric Holcomb was elected governor over Democrat John Gregg in an upset. Holcomb has already begun putting together his new administration. His transition team will be co-chaired by Earl Goode, who was chief of staff under former Governor Mitch Daniels, and by Kyle Hupfer, who was National Natural Resources Commissioner under Daniels. Holcomb said he talked with Mike Pence in his first phone call after his race was called, and he also talked with Donald Trump and gave him credit for the outcome in the governor's race. I expressed to him last night that he drew people out to vote uh, who I believe never had before, and folks who had maybe, maybe voted for the team that wore the other jersey. Um, for a different way. And so he deserves a lot of credit. But it shouldn't be lost that Governor Pence, the next vice president of the United States of America, was on that ticket as well. John Katzenberger, will Eric Holcomb be an effective governor? Well, he has every opportunity to be an effective governor. He won handily. Um, he had a lot of help. Uh, and he showed that he can turn around in a, in a really short period of time uh, a campaign that ultimately was effective. Now, I think he was right in giving uh, a lot of credit to the Trump tide, as you call it, Jim. Uh, but I also think that you have to give credit to Mike O'Brien and, and the rest of that team uh, because they had 100 days to do something that I didn't think they could do, and uh, they were able to get it done. So he has every opportunity. He has a, a supermajority in both houses of the legislature. He's got experienced people behind him and available for um, uh, posts in his administration. Uh, and so he's enthusiastic about it. We'll see how it goes. But he's got every chance to be successful. Yeah, I think he was, uh, he, he got pushed over the top by Donald Trump, but he was in a position to be pushed over the top. Sure. He I, was I, on I, the ballot. Well, that's all it's a more than said, that, I think. As we have said now for months, ever since, you say it was 100 days, ever since he was uh, picked to fill the, uh, the vacancy left by Mike Pence's uh, rise to the, to the national ticket, you know, this is, uh, this is, this was a state he knows well because of his tenure as state chair. He had, knows the grassroots organizational uh, capacities of the party. As John suggested, now he has the same situation in Indianapolis that, that Donald Trump has to a certain extent with Complete actually, domination. actually even right. better, better situation because right. here there, you can't yep. be, uh, even a, you know, yep. there's no filibuster here, no opportunity to right. uh, prevent a quorum. So he actually has the rails, you might say, are even more greased so here than he in Washington. So yep. he has every opportunity to answer your question. I, I, to, and to the succeed. question is, will he do it? <laughs> or, or will we do the same kind of incremental proposals that have been proposed for the last four years? What's going to be interesting will, is at the he, end of this... Or will he, will he ha have an agenda and take control, or will he, will he let well, the general there, assembly? Well, there's that question, too, like, okay. like Pence did. But you've got the same situation coming up. Remember how we had to weed the garden after 16 years? Yeah. This will be 16 years. Yeah, okay. Uh, we, the question was asked all through the campaign, is Eric Holcomb uh, more like Mike Pence or more like Mitch Daniels? By naming uh, this transition team, is he answering the question? I, I said when you brought it up the last time. You yeah. know, the guy spent 12 years with Mitch Daniels. Yeah. So he spent six months with Mike Pence. Clearly, he's going to be more like yeah. Mitch Daniels and Mike Pence. He's going to be a great governor. Uh, he's willing to tackle hard problems. He's got things he wants to get done. He will lead. And uh, I tell you, I, I'm excited about Eric Holcomb's governorship because 
He's a guy that wants to be governor for all of Indiana, and he knows what we have to do to move forward. Time now for viewer feedback. Each week we pose an unscientific online poll question in conjunction with our Ice Miller email and text alerts. This week's question, when will Indiana Democrats reach parity with Republicans? Your choices are A, 2018, B, 2028, or C, never. Last week's question, what is the most memorable campaign in your lifetime? 53% <clears throat> excuse me, said 2016, 33% said 2008, 14% said 1968. If you'd like to take part in the poll, go to WFYI.org slash IWIR and look for the poll. In the toughest race for Congress in Indiana, Republican Trey Hollingsworth defeated Democrat Shelley Yoder in the 9th District. Hollingsworth spent close to $3 million of his own money to win the seat, yet he still rents a home in Jeffersonville. Will you buy a home here or will you move to Washington? Uh, well, my wife and I live four miles from my mother-in-law. That's an important aspect of why we're here, so that we can raise our kids close to her parents. And so I know that hasn't changed. My mother-in-law's not moving. I don't know what particulars of our personal situation are going to be. John Schwannis, does that matter now? Uh, not for the next few months, but depending on what steps he takes in terms of moving into the district, in terms of becoming more ingrained in the district uh, and sort of cutting ties to the other, what, five, six, six other six states, states with which he has been associated through his business. Uh, if that doesn't happen, well, then uh, his yeah. opponent in two years, whether it's Shelley Yoder or somebody who wants to uh, try it, she's tried it a couple times now, no. maybe somebody else, that issue, if it's not, quote-unquote, corrected, could still be a potent issue in two years. All right. He uh, he had a sizable win, even though polls show that being a toss-up. Um, unlike Eric Holcomb, for example, he's not giving credit to, to Donald Trump. He says his <laughs> message got through. I think he's mistaken in that view. Um, he able, was able to handily carry the district, uh, but if you look at the, the pockets of the district, he very clearly led in the areas where Donald Trump polled very well. And I think it's a foolish notion to think that um, uh, it was a message that got through and not the Trump tide. This was uh, a race that a Democrat just couldn't win this year. I, I think that's true. I, I don't, I don't, for all of those races, it was the same thing. You can withstand 250,000. You cannot withstand 519,000. And that's what it was. And, you know, I, we have to thank uh, the FBI head, Comey, for the uh, release nine days before after talking, apparently, to Giuliani about it and then retracting it within 48 hours. And yes. if you want to talk about a rigged election, that makes you think it was. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a significant factor, but a significant factor because it reinforced a lot of people's well, whatever, feelings. Whatever the reason, it was enough yeah. to turn the tide, the electoral tide, even though she won the popular vote for the second time in 16 years, which is why we need to do away with the Electoral College. Um, <laughs> now we need to change the rules because they lost. Um, Birch Pye has been trying to change the rules since the 1970s, yeah, you know, Mike. You, you know? try to change the rules after you lose. I love yeah. that. We didn't well, lose. That's you the did problem. Lose. No. That's she won the popular Trump. vote. Yeah. She won the election. Uh, Republicans, uh, Republicans Will they embrace Trey Hollingsworth now? Well, sure. I mean, he's Congressman Hollingsworth to you. Thank you. Yeah. And I said last week on the show, the reason he's going to win is because he was more philosophically aligned with that district. <laughs> Romney 
won that district by 17. Yeah. Trey Hollingsworth won that district by 14. And, he, you know, he's going to be there. And once he gets his but, stuff established, but, but, like, but doesn't that, like John said, he can be there for a long time. He's going to try to run for As long as you, we're talking numbers, though, Romney won it by 17. And with the Trump tide, he won it by 14. Right. He, he, he underperformed. He well. well, also, he you had a bunch well. of money spent on her behalf oh, in this did. race, too. Not yeah. as much as spent on his well, behalf. But you, you sure had a lot of money spent yeah. on her yeah. that yeah. never been spent down there. Daddy right. and he bought that seat. Well, guess what? They won. You can call him. They bought it. And wait do you see what? The Republicans do when he tries to buy the Senate seat. Was going to win. Moving on. Try to buy the Senate seat next. The Trump tide allowed the GOP to maintain supermajorities in the General Assembly in the state Senate. The Republicans picked up a seat when the open seat vacated by Democrat Jim Arnold was won by Republican Mike Bowacek. In the Senate, it's now 41 GOP. Democrats nine in the Indiana House. It was the Democrats who gained a seat when Mara Candelaria Reardon won back uh, a, a seat in Northwest Indiana. But the GOP has seventy seats still, compared to just thirty for the Democrats. And Delaney, can Democrats still affect public policy? Yeah, I think they can on certain things, and I think they have to go back in the General Assembly and pick up a big enough base to be there when the redistricting occurs. And I frankly think it's time for the redistricting to be done by commission, because Democrats get... You can laugh all you want. Well, you, you can laugh all you want. You, you know, you were the ones urging it before. Yeah. and well, you know, I never have. When you haven't, but other Republicans <laughs> have. The fact of the and matter there, is... And there's been a study commission looking at it. And recommending it. Yeah. And, and it's time to do that, because what's happened with these computer-generated districts is you can get 40% or 45% of the vote and wind up with 30% of the seats. Um, you know, I've heard Republican leaders in private say that, that they'd rather have a majority than a supermajority. They don't mean it. They don't mean it? They don't mean it because, look, the longer you have those kind of numbers, I said the most significant thing that happened in the last election was that they bumped those numbers up even more, which meant that it's going to be even longer for the Democrats to ever get to where she's talking about, to where you can affect it Unless before Trump the implodes. next reinforcement. Unless yeah. Trump implodes. Okay. No. In the, 2008. You'll never do enough yeah. in one election cycle no, to get this back. To your point, John, to your John. point Jim, I think, you, I think you're on to something, though, in terms of, you know, a supermajority does not mean lockstep, that everybody is going to follow the lead of... Oh, of I think that's true. And, and in fact, it's, it's it just the mathematics of it. When you have a, a larger group, you have more opportunities for various factions. And what? as we've seen before, a lot of the, the lines of division in recent sessions haven't been R versus D. They're rural versus urban. They're Indianapolis versus, versus everybody moderate. else. It's They're sure, exactly. it's so sure a nice problem to have. Yeah. All, right. All right, quickly, uh, two other statewide races we need to mention. Curtis Hill was the biggest vote-getter. Uh, won the race for Attorney General over Lorenzo Arredondo. Right. Uh, you got to give him a lot of credit. Well, you do. I mean, he ran a, an exemplary race. Now, he was uh, well, well in advance of, of Arredondo in spending and visibility. He had much, much more in the way of resources. And he also benefited from the Trump tie. So, yeah. uh, you know, let's not forget that. But let's also but not take it away from. But he outperformed Trump. He outperformed Trump. Well, he was the largest vote getter. I mean, yeah, you got to give him. Million. You've got to give him a lot of credit for yeah. that. Uh, state school superintendent Glenda Ritz, incumbent favorite. Um, can, it's a tide. It's, it isn't about McCormick because nobody knows who McCormick is. It was about the Trump tide. And I think you do have to give Hill a credit. I just want to know what he's going to do in there because he was going to fight <laughs> Washington overreach. Is that going to be Trump now? Tell me this, Mike. I think that'd be cool to find out. <laughs> Do you remember a time, do you know when there was a time when, when Republicans controlled... Every office? Every office. 
Uh, no, we've we've come close a couple of times, all but one. But this is the first time I can remember where it this is on. a historic time. So everything Republican that happens, dominance. everything that happens now. Is yes, the Republican that's party. true, and we well, we welcome that opportunity. Well, and, well that's good. It, it, it is indeed an opportunity, but it's up to the Democrats too to hold their feet to that's the right. fire to the extent that they can. When you only have the seats that they have, what uh, thirty nine seats now in the General Assembly, that's hard to do. But it's really important to put, for them to be able to do that. All right, time for our election roundtable. Who was the big winner on election night in Indiana, Mike? Well, clearly Mike Pence, and, and I, I had a hard I, time between Pence and Todd Young, but Mike Pence. I think uh, clearly, yeah. Now, from governor to vice president, now head of the transition team, Mike Pence. Can you imagine that? Yeah, well, that's pretty scary. You're calling him the big winner. Oh, I- it's obvious. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to diverge here a little bit. I think Eric Holcomb is the big winner because I didn't think that he had a chance in this race. I thought it would be close, but I thought John Gregg would win. Um, he's, I think, a big winner in this. John, this is a big tent when it comes to winners. There's, you can pack a lot of people in there on the Republican side, but I would say Mike Pence. Uh, again, how often? I mean, who would have thought a year ago that he would have sent? To, uh, to this office. Who would have thought a year and a half ago and, in the middle of the And we should also crisis, uh, shout out to his Indiana campaign, you know, Rex Early yeah. and Tony Samuel, who probably yep. raised some eyebrows when they backed him at a time when uh, others were saying sort of, don't yep. go there. So they were proven right. All right, who's the big loser, Ann? Oh, God, the American people. I, I think this is a disgrace. <laughs> I really do. We've elected a bigot, misogynist, rapist, who really knows nothing about government, and it's frightening. Mike, who's the big loser? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on that. Uh, <laughs> biggest loser clearly is Evan Bayh. I mean, you know, two-term governor, two-term senator, and he loses. Yeah. He thought he was a walk dead, you know, get in and I'm going to win, and he got Actually, beat. that's yeah, not true. Seven, seven, seven century. Coming out with numbers 26 points up in his internal yeah. polling, that, that's, a, that's a tough uh, pill to swallow. I have to concur on that one. Yeah, it was a, a, a bad year for Evan Bayh, as it turns out. All right, that's Indiana Week in Review for this week. Our panel is Democrat and Delaney. Republican Mike McDaniel, John Schwanis of Indiana Lawmakers, and John Ketzenberger of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. If you'd like a podcast of this program, you can find it at wfyi.org slash iwir starting Monday. You can stream it or get it on demand from Xfinity or Bright House Networks. I'm Jim Shella of Wish TV. Join us next time because a lot can happen in an Indiana week. Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com.